Hey there, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Through Stained Glass podcast. This podcast is an attempt to engage with the things going on in the culture through the lens of the greater reality of God in the hope that we might live lives that are profoundly shaped by the gospel story. Thanks for listening. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to this podcast we've been doing. We're calling it Through Stained Glass. Uh, in, in this particular season, talking about how it is that we can be people who learn uh, to disagree well, because I think we would all agree that one of the main problems we're facing uh, in our nation as a people is we're losing this inability uh, to, to have disagreements in productive ways. Hmm. And so it's becoming a national conversation where everybody's asking this question, why are we so divided and why can't we seem to, to make any progress towards healing? And, and, and as I've been paying more attention to this conversation taking place, it seems like it always tends to end up with whoever's doing the talking, talking about social media. And so we thought to hear here at the end of this season to kind of close it out that we should have an episode where we talk about social media as well, uh, because it just really is it really is such a hot topic thing. I mean, one of the churches in our in our Polk County Church Planning Network here has gone through some pretty dramatic um, division uh, when President Trump. I don't even know if you know this story, Jonathan. I'm here with Jonathan, by the way. I should have said that. Uh, we're talking about these things together, but when when President Trump did the photo op in front of St. John's Church holding the Bible, however many months ago that was now, one of the leaders in one of uh, the church plants here in our network uh, began to rant on Facebook, I think, or I don't know what if it was Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and uh, it became so controversial in the church uh, that a bunch of people left, and uh, and that huh. church is still really trying to recover from the loss, and so. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I think I think it's obvious that that these are issues that we have to that we have to address, and and even here, uh, with with people in our, I, I've heard people say to me, "Can we? Can you please just give us some guidance, some guidelines on how to best use social media? Because it just creates, it seems to be a a hotbed for controversy and for hurt feelings and for relationships that that." irreparably are damaged and so forth and so mm. I, think, I think it's an important thing for us to talk about now we should put all of our cards on the table Jonathan um, so my take my take on social media I am I'm on Facebook and Twitter I'm really more I, I enjoy Twitter more than Facebook and and I'm on sometimes Instagram but Twitter is by far my favorite and I'm a reluctant participant in most of those things <laughs> uh, and but but I but I'm I'm a um, I'm an avid social media ite compared to you, right? So uh, yeah, um, so I don't use uh, Facebook or uh, Instagram or uh, Snapchat. Snapchat or uh, whatever it is the kids in, are using in, these days. Whatever the kids are using, um, and I I do have a, a Twitter account, uh, and I probably check it weekly, um, sometimes maybe a couple times a month. Um, but a lot of time goes by. Most of my most of my Twitter interaction is through a through a text thread, you know, with the staff or uh, or a, a, another thread with some younger guys who you know send screenshots and stuff. Great, yeah. So so here's my here's my take. I think I think these things are a great tool to stay in touch with people and to post about fun things that are happening in your life and so forth. I mean, it helps me. I think in my pastoring. 
to know, to keep up with uh, people that I would, you know, the, a number of people that I would not otherwise be able to keep up with and mm. know what's going on with people in the church. Absolutely. But I also think it's incredibly dangerous uh, and unhelpful a lot of the time. And so I really do try to limit my time. So recently I've taken it all off my phone. And so I don't have any of any of the apps on my phone because if it's on my phone, then I, then really, I really just lack self control. So then, in, in any free moment, I find myself turning to it. I mean, even at a red light while I'm driving, and then probably while I'm driving, you know, if I make that confession. And so now, though, it's off my it's off my stuff, and so I'll take a few minutes at night usually to catch up on the day, but otherwise I've significantly cut into the time I'm spending on these platforms. And here's why. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Uh, and I have a couple of reasons. One, because I've been reading and and I've and I've become aware of studies that are being done that, that show that it's that <laughs> that it's making us miserable. That the more time you spend on social media, the less happy you are. And really I've come to I've I've experienced that firsthand. And so I want to be a happy person and not a miserable person, and so I'm <laughs> right. trying to do that. That's good. But secondly, social media is shaping us in ways we're not even aware of, uh, in profoundly anti-Christian ways, uh, and and I and really it's a matter of education, uh, educating myself that I've really come to realize this, and 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 realizing that the people who are behind it all don't have our good or our flourishing in mind; they're in it for the profit. And we are the product. Yeah. And it's scared and it just scares me to death. Yeah. They have shareholders. Right. And then and then thirdly, that even the people what, what what's now happening is even the people who've created these social media platforms are beginning to realize realize how dangerous and how damaging they are. And and, and these are people with advanced degrees in brain chemistry and human personality who are employed by tech companies and they've come up with things like the like button, for example, and they know how to manipulate our emotions and to get us to do what they want us to do. And I know that sounds like conspiracy theory. I guess it would be, except they're beginning to write and speak about it because they're so concerned. And so even the, the ethics of the whole industry are, are beginning to be thrown out into the light by people who've been in the industry for a long time, who are just becoming, who their conscience is getting the best of them, or they're becoming super concerned about right, those things. Right, right. Yeah, we knew, we, knew, uh, we knew that Steve Jobs and others at Apple, uh, when the iPad and iPhone came out, um, did not give them to their children. Yeah, and most of the people in Silicon Valley don't. That's right. They don't. They don't let them utilize those apps, um, and they don't give them uh, those devices. Well, because they before because, 12, because they know 13. firsthand. They know firsthand, right? Oh yeah, better yeah. than we do what it's doing to us and what it's been designed mm-hmm. to do to us. Right. Right. And so, if those people know well enough, if the people who are creating these things know well enough to stay away from it, then. Mm-hmm. Boy, it seems like we ought to be really careful as well. Yeah. Now, but, okay, as far as resources go, I do want to put some resources in people's uh, hands because they've been super helpful to me. So this all really started with me. This summer I read a book by Jaron Lanier, unoriginally called 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. <laughs> and, I, you know, who, he's a Silicon Valley insider. Uh, he is. He's one of the pioneers of AI. Um, he actually started an AI company that he sold to, I think it was Microsoft, Microsoft. And he's kind of a, uh, I think a research engineer, uh, kind of probably contracted or something for Microsoft, but he's been in Silicon Valley for a long, long time. Okay. And that you've read that book too. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's kind of a, te- it's, te- it's more technical. I mean, it does, re- it's, it's probably not the most easily acceptable, I mean, accessible, um, 
discussion on these things. His language is a little colorful too. Well, that's true. But then I'm, I, well, I think more people are aware of the new Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've if you've watched that. I, I have, have. I have. Yeah. Yeah, with with Tristan Harris, mm-hmm. who really is behind that, and he was a design ethicist at Google, and that's a, a design ethicist, right? That but that was his title, uh, and he's since come to the conclusion that the whole industry is, I mean, for lack of a better word, immoral, and so he's trying to shed light on these things, and then. Uh, probably the the thing that really got me the most heated on this was an interview that he that Tristan Tristan Harris did with Joe Rogan, and I don't know if we're allowed to admit as pastors that we listen that we sometimes listen to the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, but they did like a three and a half hour conversation about these things that just really, really kind of upset me. And yeah, it's, me. it's well worth your time. It's well worth your time. So you can go look at that as well. Now, what I want us to do and. In these moments we have, is I want to do two things. I'd like to summarize, and I'd like to have a conversation to summarize why social media is so potentially dangerous and damaging, and then maybe, secondly, just give some advice and some help about how to steward it or to steward our use of it wisely. Which might be easier for me because you don't really—I mean, you don't really use it, so I, you might not have as many things to say about how to use it wisely. Or maybe you're the wisest among us because you don't use it at all i don't i don't know but we'll, we'll figure it out as we go along i guess but <laughs> so let's just talk about um let's talk first just a summary of, of, of what our just what our concerns are pastorally and as fathers for our kids uh and otherwise just as a warning and again i would just say you should check out the resources i've mentioned all we're trying to do here is unsettle you enough to get you started reading and learning about this stuff for yourself right mm-hmm. so we're gonna mm-hmm. a couple of things so i have I have, I think, five things, five five arguments or five five just five things that I would say as a summary of, of why you should really, really think about this and think deeply about your your use of, of these things. And the first is that everybody knows it's no secret. I mean, it's just out there and for public consumption that um, one of the major problems with these social media platforms is they're incredibly addictive. Uh. Yes, uh, to the point that you made earlier about Tristan Harris and being a design ethicist. Uh, they, engineers, uh, go to classes at Stanford University uh, on psychology and uh, basically brain stem research that has been done on how to elicit dopamine increases in the brain and uh, reward systems and all this kind of stuff that, that they have they've done serious work on in order to, uh, uh, in order to elicit, uh, an addictive response, uh, to keep you on whatever it is that you're on. And Tristan Harris brought up in his interview with Joe Rogan, uh, angry birds and how there are iPhones on eBay uh, that you can buy that still have the original angry birds app. Cause the guy took it down the inventor of it. Um, and those iPhones can be purchased for upwards of ten thousand dollars. Just because people want to play. Just play because the game. people want to play the game. Wow. And 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 he he admitted to he and others have admitted that I mean they got on a plane, um, and started playing it. And it was a cross country. It was from like New York to L.A. And six hours go by, and they're like, oh, we're descending uh, for our landing. And they've been playing the game the whole time, and they they didn't even realize it. Yeah. So things like that. Yeah. So these, these platforms are designed 
by people way smarter than you and me and just about anybody we know. They're designed intentionally. They're, ar- they're architects that have engineered these things to grab and then to keep our attention so that they can sell our attention to advertisers. So there's this army of people that are employed by Facebook and Twitter and all of these things that are that are employed by these companies whose only job is to figure out ways to get you hooked. Yeah, and, and, and the platforms don't know who the advertising dollars are being bought by because they don't they don't have to. The advertisers don't have to tell them they they they, they just they just buy the time and uh, you know or buy the attention, if you will. And uh, right, it's good for business. It's good for business. Our addiction to these things is good for their business, and so right. they they've engineered these websites and these apps with all of the information that they've collected and all of the training they've gotten and the classes at Stanford and so forth to make you and me an addict. They know that a red button is dif- has a different psychological effect on people than a blue button does, and everything they do is designed to to absolutely create an addiction. And yeah, but it's it. not just in the past tense. Uh, it's in the present tense. So they're constantly, every day, all day, tweaking it as you're using it, uh, which is kind of spooky. <laughs> right. Learn, they're learning more and more about how yeah. to machine, get, get machine learning. More yeah. and more of your time and your attention. And yeah. I, I mean, unless anything that, is, anything that is that aggressively vying for our attention and for our, for our eyes to be set upon it is something that we should be really, really cautious about, I would think. But that would just be obvious. Yeah, Jesus said the eye is the lamp of the body. So whatever your eyes full of, you're going to be full of. Okay, so that's one thing. The second thing is not only is it addictive, but it's all curated. Okay, and that's an important word. What I mean by that is it's not real, which means that as you use it, whether you realize it or not, and this is true, I mean... You see these things go around Facebook every now and then that that kind of say something like this, but I was still really unaware of the degree to which is true that if it's curated, then when you're using it, you're being manipulated. I mean, right? I mean, so we've heard this these urban legends about the phone listening to you, right? Because you tell a friend about something that that you want to buy for Christmas or something, and then ten minutes later, there's an ad that pops up on your timeline. Uh, and so it's the, that is conspiracy theory, right? But but the truth is that they don't have to listen to you, listen to you through your phone because they already know enough about you that they can predict your behavior. Yes, I mean yes. because the phone because the phone is giving them all the information that they need. Uh, and and so like I was I was leaving the church parking lot at the end of the day last week, and um, at about the same time I do every day, and my phone dinged me with the message telling me that it was ten minutes, a ten minute drive to the just move. On Havendale because because it knows that most days when I leave work, that's where I'm going. Okay, mm-hmm. and so talk about that for a minute because I know you've done some reading and thinking about that. But I mean, how, you know, so we are the algorithms and these sorts of things that are involved in in social media platforms. I mean, we are being manipulated. We are being these things are curated. We're being we're being formed in ways we're not even aware of by these things. Yeah, and and. You know, I, I think we had uh, we had mentioned this earlier on, but the the negative stuff, the stuff that evokes outrage, the stuff that's outlandish, um, does get more traffic. It does get more clicks. It does so they will they will see that you're looking at something related to some issue, uh, and they may suggest 
they may they may put something over here to suggest that you check out this that this article this uh, video something like that that's related to that but it's a little bit more extreme just a little bit uh, and and so you click on it and you know you you you're then kind of down the rabbit, rabbit hole right and it's just very easy to well, get well and and but but what is the stuff that you're being shown to view has been specifically chosen to be shown to you because the algorithm is telling them that that is the most likely content that will grab your attention and keep you from leaving the app and going somewhere else. That's right. That's right. Vying for, you know, to keep your eyeballs fixed on that. Uh, it's, oh, this, this based on what we have seen this person viewing already is, is, is gonna, it's going to keep them scrolling or it's going to keep them viewing. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we won't, we won't lose them to the competition. Well, man, really. it's not, and it's not just Facebook. It's not just Twitter. I mean, Apple, Apple, um, news does the same thing, Apple, right? Your Apple news feed is a curated feed that is based upon the kinds of articles that you have been shown to be willing to click on and spend time reading in the past. That's right. So if you click on a lot of people magazine, it's going to show, show you, you people more people magazine, magazine. Right. or you click on fitness. It's going to show you more fitness. Okay. Well, what's the problem with that though? As well? I mean, why, why is that a, such a problem? What are you not being exposed to? Uh, yeah, well, you're 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 not being exposed to potentially articles that might argue something different. Right. It's a lot of it being taken out of context. Um, there, there's there's not a lot of nuance and gray, uh, particularly on the news side. You know, you 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 get you, you end up this is what we talked about um, last time. You know, you 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 end up filling your mind with this echo chamber of. Uh, all the news channels that kind of say the same thing or um, are, are clearly bent or biased in a certain direction. And then uh, you share those with your friends and then they share stuff back with you that's similar and uh, it just perpetuates that rabbit hole. Okay. And yeah. I mean, so like you said, so really it's an assault on truth in some ways. And by that, I mean, like there, there none of, there's no context there's no nuance, like you said, and the reality is, is none of it is none of it is real. It's all it's all tailored. I mean, the pictures are hardly real. I mean, you go on. I mean, this is the problem with teenagers and Instagram, right? I mean, you you see the Instagram picture that the teenage girl posts, but what you don't know is she took 35 pictures to find the exact perfect one, and then she used software to engineer the picture. I mean, it's the stuff that's even being put there. I mean, it's just not even real life. Well, not only that, it's it's uh, it, it's it's mistaken. They will they will put photos of uh, look at look at Paris uh, after these riots or something, and uh, and it'll show and fires and, and it's not even Paris or it's Paris five years ago or something like that. And so they implant it in there, and uh, you know you 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 don't know because. Uh, well, it would take too much time to actually research and find out whether, right. but it's so slickly done. It's so professionally done. It looks real. It feels real. So you read it as real. And again, what's the, what's the goal of those who are creating and managing these sites? Uh, your attention and uh, your uh, uh, selling you and that attention to invisible uh, advertisers, right? I mean, that's Lanier's. That's that's Jaron Lanier's argument, you know, right. and why he says, "Why why are you why are you willing to participate in that uh, in that endeavor?" He said, 
he, he's like, it's all free too. Have you ever thought about that? Have you right. ever thought about Facebook's well, free, well, how Instagram's free? free, right? How can it be free? And he said, I mean, you, you ought to start, if you're going to put something on the internet, you know, you ought to make people pay for it. And so increasingly as journalists are leaving, they're getting canceled or whatever, and they're leaving some of these major institutions, they're going to websites like Substack and they're saying, you can subscribe to my news articles, which are, uh, I have a reputation for being thorough and being honest and so forth. And but you have to, you have to subscribe, which is, which is, which is what capitalism should allow them to do. And we should feel better about, you know, consuming their stuff uh, because there's context and there's nuance and there's more thoughtfulness to it. Yeah. So, I mean, so just to be loaded up in terms of, there is no such thing as objectivity in our, in our consumption of social media stuff. I mean, it's just not. It's just not the case. Everything has been tailored. Everything has been, has been chosen because you know for for a certain and nefarious end. And I know this sounds like, I mean, this is like heavy, and we sound like we're, we're up in like we're up in this grumpy like, old men. Yeah, yeah, we're up in this like room in the back of the sanctuary, like you know, talking about the end of the world or whatever. But I mean, these are really serious things. So one one other thing, I mean, one other of my major concerns with with social media in particular, from a pastoral standpoint, is it really is training people in in what the Bible calls the fear of man. So biblically, the fear of man. How would you describe that for people? Uh, the opinions and the approval of men mattering more to you, and you fearing not having it, as opposed to fearing God who says, well, he has the power to uh, you know, send your soul to hell. Right. But also, yeah, that's the, Matthew 12. also the fear of, of a God who has said, um, I love you so much, I'm going to send my son to, to die for you and suffer in The passage in John 5 that we talk about in the person of Jesus study all the time where Jesus says, you do not have the love of God. You know, you do this. You do this to to gain glory and praise from, from men and you do not have the love of God in your hearts. And it's just this this really counterproductive way of living life and what you're I mean, empty, right? You're right. empty and you're trying to fill it where up. Where are you trying to, where, and where are you getting, where are you trying to fill your mm-hmm. heart? You're filling your heart at the, 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 you know, at the well of other people's approval at the, at the like, the number of likes that you can get from a post right. or what, or the, right. the dopamine hit of people telling you how beautiful the pictures of your kids are or whatever it might be. Right. But there's just all kinds of, of really bad things that 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 this produces. I mean, envy. I mean, I think I think envy is a major jealousy. These sorts of things, competitiveness. You know, as you as you know, as people square off in the things boasting that they can do through social media, right? Oh, FOMO. <laughs> well, I was going to say FOMO is a real thing. Fear fear of missing out. Uh, for I mean, if you're not. Hey, not only FOMO, FOMO, have you heard of faux blow? Uh, actually, no. Fear of being left out, which oh, in some cases is I'm. I don't have a like. I, I often say, I you invite me to invite me to a party. I probably will tell you no, but I want to be invited. Like it hurts worse to not even be invited. Right, right. right. I don't really have FOMO, but I do have faux blow. Like, I, I, <laughs> Never heard know, of that one. Yeah, well, there you go. You learn something new. But uh, but yes, that you're right. FOMO is a huge thing, uh, and then. Bragging and boasting, which are not good for the soul, but which also the other side of that is like self-condemnation and self-loathing because you're looking and seeing. And really, you, you hear so many people 
get this opinion that they see a they see a, this really pretty picture of a, of a family or whatever, and they start to think, oh, my family's not like that, or my life's not like that, and what am I doing wrong? And they just spiral into all kinds of destructive and unhealthy ways of thinking about, you know, their own life. That yeah. are just not tethered to reality. They're tethered to, again, a carefully crafted, curated picture of what somebody else's life might look like. That's just not that's not yeah. true at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it can ruin friendships too, or at least damage them because you can make assumptions about what your friends are doing or the way their life is. Uh, or that they didn't invite you to X or Y event. That's right. Therefore, um, and and social media can just make all that worse. Well, and this is why there are all of these studies that have shown that the connection between social media use and negative emotions, anxiety, and depression, and so forth. I mean, so really, there's undeniable scientific evidence that the degree to which you use these things, that there is a direct connection with these negative emotions that people experience, and. We know that the negative emotions provide more powerful motivation than positive emotions do. So people are more willing to act on their negative emotions than they are on their positive emotions. So the system is designed <clears throat> to, to access those negative emotions to keep your attention. So what's happening is as the program learns you, it learns the kind of things that upset you, and then it pushes more and more of that stuff to be in front of you because it wants you to be unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it can make you unhappy, it will keep your attention longer. I mean, that that's just, it's mind-blowing to me that that's the, the fake case. news uh, articles or the articles that are not exactly true uh, that they've they've done studies on, those get retweeted on, on Twitter. They get repeated uh, f- with far more prevalence. And I think that, that goes with what you're saying. That's right. So it's a, it's a huge, I just, I mean, I, I just am with people all the time. Who, who their quality of life is just being negatively impacted by the amount of time they're given to these things. And they're really, they're, they're, it's sapping their spiritual energy and vitality because they've just been given over to the fear of man. But then uh, last thing I want to say is, the last thing is that it also, um, one of the main problems is the way that it's destroying empathy too. It's, it's just atrophying our, our muscles, our empathetic muscles. And I, I think it was in the last... The last episode, you mentioned Sherry Turkle. She's written about this. She's written a couple of great books. Um, Reclaiming Conversations. What's that? Alone Together? Alone is that together. the other one? Yeah. And she she um, she has this... So it's, it's, it's funny to me that we have gotten to... That we've gotten to the place as a society where this lady who's a sociologist and really, and really has spent most of her career um, studying adolescence and, and the, the impact of technology and social media use on adolescence. And she, she's saying one of the things, one of the, one of the major things that we need to figure out (laughs) is just how to talk to one another again, right? That we just have lost the ability to talk to one another. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things she says is that empathy is dependent upon embodiment. Uh, and I really love that. I mean, in other words, there's there's something different about being face-to-face with a person than be, through a computer screen and a keyboard. I mean, we relate differently in online settings. And what's happening is as more and more of our social interaction is being mediated through social media platforms, through texting instead of conversations and so forth, what's happening is our, our in-person relationships are being the dynamics of our in-person relationships are being shaped by our online habits and not the other way around, and that's a big problem. Yeah, I, I, I for, um, 
I, I'm concerned or worried, I should say, for my grandchildren, for instance, that uh, they will be uh, just colossally deficient in their ability to relate and express empathy in some of the other things that I've, I've seen crop up in some of the, the, the teenagers now who are far more comfortable expressing themselves and relating over a screen uh, through a, a social media app or just through texting than they are when you get them face-to-face and you you try to engage, you try to ask hard questions or you try to talk about uh, deep things, for lack of a better way of putting it, and they 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 can't. I mean, they're 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 inept at that. Right. Um, and but they're far more verbose and far more expressive and and whatever uh, when they're you know on the screen or on the keyboard. Yeah, and that's she's done these studies where what she's realized where what what's being realized now is that um, that it is that all of that virtual connectivity is is atrophying our empathy muscles. And so, uh, and, and it's part of the reason why it's part of the, so, so what happens is our engagements online, uh, develop just a toxicity, right? And we all experience that. But the problem is, is that toxicity is, is now, is now finding its way into our in-person interactions as well, because we're, we're learning such bad habits in the way that we relate to one another online that it's carrying over into the way that we try to relate to one another as we're in person with one another. Yeah, it's really, you, really concerning. You didn't see, um, you didn't see, or you you didn't watch videos from this summer with some of the protests that were going on around the country and and, and some of the rioting that that happened as well, uh, and 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 experience much other than outrage. You didn't watch those videos and and, and experience a lot of empathy. Um, at least I, I don't know that a lot of what you saw was designed for that. Uh, no, I was, it's severely lacking. But sure. also then you saw people get together in person, whether it was at a protest or something. And then that just got worse as, as we went into the election cycle. Uh, and, and, and people were relating in person the way that they're relating online. Uh, and, and there was little to no empathy. You know, and then they would show videos of that, and and then that would make you outraged again, and so it was just a never ending. Right. So again, I hate. I, I like. I feel. I I hate to cast such a like a like a I don't know, like a um, dark like a, dark an cloud. Overwhelmingly, <laughs> yeah, an overwhelmingly pessimistic negative, but but it's part it's partly kind of the way I feel about it. Uh, but but I I I, I want to let it stand though because I feel like. We've got to we got to really reckon with with the reality of this, right? I mean, and so this is not something. And and, and Tristan Harris and other. I mean, what's 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 kind of going around now is okay. It, it's time to really rethink our 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 consumption of these things. I mean, our relationship to it. Yeah, I mean that yeah. that really we can't keep going down down the the road that we've been you know walking down for the last. 10 or 12 years or however long it's been since these things have kind of come into existence. We, we, and as Christian people, I mean, we, we really need to exercise some really severe wisdom in, in how we're going to allow these things to, to really function in our lives and in the lives of our kids and people we care about. So let's talk for a few minutes about maybe a couple of ways that we can, we can implement just 
a wise use mm. of social media. And mm-hmm. I think the first thing you would say is, you know, given all that we've said, I mean, probably it is just general rule a great idea to to minimize and to use these social media platforms less and less if that's possible. Yeah, sparingly. I mean, I, I love what I love what you did, and I think you would attest to the fact that not having it as readily available while you're sitting in a light or in the light, uh, line at the grocery store or something like that has made you <laughs> more joyful or happier or whatever. You've seen that, um, I think. Uh, Andy Crouch wrote a book called The TechWise yeah. Family, yeah. and uh, and others have suggested uh, well, Sabbaths from them, right. whether that's a couple hours or a day or one a week or something like that. Well, Andy, yeah, Andy says his suggestion, and really it's just a starting point, but I mean, his, his basically... This is baseline, like anything beyond this, you're really, you're, if you can't, in other words, if you can't go one hour a day and one day a week and one week a year without a phone and without access to these things, you've got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and, and try to do that. It's really, I mean, it is really, it's, it'll really be eye-opening. If you try to go to a whole day without, without really using your phone, of course, Apple has screen time, screen time stuff now where you can really, and, and again, we haven't even talked about, I mean, why would Apple, why did Apple come out with the screen time function right why would they do that i mean really it's it's i think it's a it's a recognition that they're concerned yeah they're acknowledging the problem and they're trying to be responsible as the people who create these devices that's right there actually is some ethic there's some ethics in apple that i mean there is yeah there is so yeah i mean so get off your phone right i mean get off these things that's one piece of advice we talk about a common our common rule that we did earlier in the year i mean we're asking people to do two things every day, and that's to read the read the scriptures before you get on your phone. So, don't use your don't use your phone as a don't use your phone as a as an alarm because if you do, then you have to grab it to turn the alarm off. Yeah, and, it's a terrible idea. And inevitably, it's you're, usually you're, next you're, to your bed. You're scrolling social media. Yeah. Somebody's popping on Facebook before they even get out of bed in the morning. Right, so, right. avoid that and read the Bible before you do any scrolling on your phone. And then every day, find one hour where you can lay the phone down and, and completely ignore it. Take your watch off if you have to because it'll ding you also. And just really take a one-hour break from that every day just as a way of training yourself to, to, to live without these things. So, use it less. So, uh, the second piece of advice would be uh, even if you're not using it less, engage less. And, and what I mean by that is enjoy enjoy seeing what's happening with friends and read about your favorite sports team, keep up with the Seminoles, whatever you got to do. But you don't have to you don't have to embroil yourself in every single controversy. You don't have to comment on every post that everybody makes. I mean, because some of these things, there's a two step design to them, right? They were first designed without any real way to engage, and then the the like button and the comment button and all of those things were were further were further adaptations to them because they realized that those those functions allow really caught people and kept their and kept their attention even longer. Yeah, as their competition got better, they had to adapt and and make it more, for lack of a better word, more uh, addictive. You know, and uh, I I would say I don't know if you were getting to this, but um, what we had talked about earlier. Uh, Make the make the algorithm work for you. Don't work for the algorithm. Don't. Okay, I was be... going to get to that. Oh, you go are? ahead. Okay. No, no, go ahead. Though, go ahead. What do you mean by that? Yeah, uh, engage strategically is the way I would say that. Oh, right. Uh-huh. So, so engage. Use it less. Engage less. But engage strategically. And you, you had this phrase earlier as we were kind of talking about what we we're going to talk about in this. 
Say it again. Make the algorithm make the algorithm work for you. You don't work for it. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Uh, well, it it uh, it will it will learn you if you remain passive, and then it will curate. It will uh, uh, it 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 will uh, manipulate your behavior unless you are proactive. Uh, I think with uh, in terms of of how Christians can use it rather than using it for self-promotion or uh, self-actualization and, you know, kind of what we were talking about last time with the triumph of the self and, and, and it's all about me and my feelings and psychological well-being and all that. Use it to use it to serve the community, uh, put, put uh, messages out there or announcements out there of things that are going on. Uh, that are going to be a blessing to the community or a blessing to other people. I mean, there are, there are great ways to, to use it, but but you're the user, so so right. you can don't be used by it. Exactly, you're yeah. you're the you're the user, and and the same thing with notifications. You know, all the iPhones come out of the box. Every single notification on, known to man on there is turned on. You have to go in there and manually turn them all off, but you can do that. Right, and then it's a lot quieter of a device. Yeah, good. that's good. Uh, so engage, you know, engage less, engage strategically. I just wrote one piece of advice would be know, know, know what these things are good for and what they aren't and use, mm-hmm. you, you know, use it for what it's good for and don't don't use it for what it's not good for. It's good for keeping up with people. It's good for having, right, we talk, it's good for having relationship, you know, maintaining a relationship or at least a familiarity with people that, or part of your past, maybe people you went to school with or whatever from very long distances for mm-hmm. families being able to stay connected inter intercontinentally. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are all kinds of great ways that you can you can enjoy you can you can derive a lot of joy from your involvement in that. It's good for I think, you know, one of the one of the things that we're called to biblically with one another is to rejoice with one another when we're, rejoice with those who are rejoicing and weep with those who are weeping. I think it's actually really great for that to be able to yeah, celebrate with absolutely. people. Mm-hmm. As the, because we're prone to we're prone to post and and put things on there that are just things we're celebrating and it's a great way to really add your celebration to other people's celebration and also to add your weeping to other people's weeping. Yeah. You know, if yeah. I mean, in other words, if you That's use it the right way, it actually can help empathy. Right. If right. you're proactive about it, it's not good for self promotion. It's not good for for uh, indoctrination. Well, uh, well, okay. I think it's very effective for indoctrination, but <laughs> right. but in the sense of um, just the general person, it's not it's not great for trying to uh, argue and debate and win people to your way of of looking at the world for the most part. Mm, for sure, not very effective. Right. And so that's another the other piece of advice that I would say is just I would say just blanket blanket um, ground rule. Just just avoid debating and quarreling. Just don't do it. Don't do it online. I mean, biblically, we've talked about this. I mean, we're we're under the command biblically to not to not. Quarrel. Yeah, that's Paul. Paul Paul tells Timothy uh, and, and Titus, I think, you know, to to not to not be people who that's a characteristic of their life. Uh, I mean, he tells he tells Titus to show perfect courtesy to all people, and that is not something that this seems to in. In, in uh engendered in people it, yeah it, it seems to to well to suck that out well it's hard enough to have a hard conversation in real right. life in person face to face right, right? Mm-hmm. it's so much harder 
yeah. to do so online or on text or what. I mean, you can't read just, tone. You can't. That's right. You you make all kinds of body length. You you lose all body. I mean, you know how much of communication? I took class. I took a nonverbal communications class at FSU. I think. I mean, there's like an overwhelming percentage of communication is nonverbal communication. You mm-hmm. lose all of that, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it just isn't helpful at all. And right. we, I just wish Christians would stop, stop doing that because it's too easy to talk past one another. There's no nuance. Just don't. Just avoid the whole controversial debating and quarreling and trying to all caps prove your point. It right, just, just right. doesn't help. <laughs> um, just a couple of other things. I would say one one helpful piece of advice for me is really be slow to give your kids access to these things. Yeah, I mean, then, you, you have, so, so Ellie's 20 mm-hmm. and Ethan's 18 and I have a 20 year old and 18 year old right. and a 16 year old and 13 year old. So we're kind of, we've kind of been, I mean, we've raised our kids kind of in the, the ascendancy of these things. That's right. That's right. Uh, and probably done it ungracefully many times because it was all just our, our kids generation is like, it's all brand new. I mean, for parents, it's all brand. It's all yeah. Brand we're kind new. of the first parenting That's generation right. so to we, deal with we it. We know all the mistakes. We can tell you all the mistakes. Right. And one of the mistakes I think that I hear over and over again is just, it's just, um, you just got to You got to not, you got to keep it from them for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really hard because all their friends are going to have it. And they're going to feel left out. And, I mean, and like, my kids, we got, gave them phones, and then we quickly realized that they were just telling us, well, the phone doesn't help me because nobody texts. All communication is done through... Social media platforms. And Instagram, Snapchat, yeah. whatever it might be. So yeah. if I don't have those things, I'm, I'm just not a part of what's going on at school. And it's this, it's right. this really hard dance. It is. It is. Same thing with game consoles. You've mentioned that to me before. Yeah, you can I mean, communicate they, they those communicate things. Through That's those. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, but I just would say general rule... Be slow to give your kids access to it. Hold off as long as you possibly can. Uh, if they don't want it, definitely don't. I mean, and make them beg for like a year or two or mm-hmm, something like that mm-hmm. before they before you let it. And slower, then, and then really better. police it big time. Uh, but then the other thing is, no, I mean, I've been reading about this recently um, in uh, The Calling of the American Mind and some other books. I mean, it's really, social media is really much harder on girls than it is on boys. Right, because boys are aggressive physically. I mean, if they have a disagreement, they meet on the playground. And they <laughs> they punch they punch on one another. Girls, right. they're aggressive relationally, and social media is a is a horrifyingly effective tool uh, to ostracize and to assert power and and um, manipulate. Yeah, they've seen the rates of mental health um, issues, whether it's anxiety, depression, suicide, things like cutting, things like that skyrocket among females uh, in the last 10, 12 years. So be really careful with your girls. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're bullied at home, if you're bullied at school, you can always go home. But when it's online, I mean, you can't ever, you can never escape. It's always there. Right. And then the last piece of advice, because we got to get going. But I mean, I just put it this way. I think you'll, you'll appreciate this. But I would say... How do you use these things widely? I mean, I've 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 so enjoyed community Bible reading the last month, reading through Proverbs, and mm. I would just say read Proverbs and apply the advice there in Proverbs about words yeah, or about the tongue, yeah, right, uh, and wisdom in those things to social media. Yeah, yeah, well, that's right. Great advice. So too many words, harsh words versus encouraging words, whatever whatever the case might be. I mean, just really like make a make a specific application of those things to the social media platforms that you find yourself. Uh, on so, yeah yeah that's great advice yeah so 
So for you and I, as we think about pastoring a church, man, I think we would say any approach to discipleship uh, from here forward is going to have to include uh, some sort of training in our technological habits, our habits with technology. I mean, right, there are massive implications for the church. I mean, as we embrace more and more virtual expressions of church, streaming worship services and so forth, so forth but there, there are massive implications for discipleship as well. And I think what we're saying is, we want us to be a people who are being proactive and not reactive in these things. Yeah, we can have a we can have a digital strategy that is responsible, that's wise, that uh, makes the work, it makes those things work for us rather than falling under them. Well, and giving and, way to them. Yeah, and a shred of and we're saying. I mean, these are very dangerous, potentially destructive tools but they are tools and so with the with a wise approach yeah to they can them, also be helpful God, they, they actually can be redemptive it can mm-hmm. be helpful as well mm-hmm. it's just not you have to be you have to push back against a lot of cultural momentum a lot right. of a, a lot of stuff inherent in the e- actual even in the design of these things to actually begin to use them uh redemptively in your life yeah requires so, a lot of wisdom incredible wisdom uh, and doing your homework and doing your research so we shouldn't be the only ones that are re- I was glad you listed off some of those resources because we shouldn't be the only ones that are trying to avail ourselves of some of those resources so that we can learn and better approach them and uh, be more uh, be more mindful. Yeah, and that and that's and that at the end of the day, I mean, that's what we're trying to do in this podcast is just to provoke to provoke us towards a better a, a deeper a commitment to a deeper learning and a deeper understanding of some of these issues that we're facing. So again, I think it's worth just this brief discussion about some of these issues with social media as well. So thanks. Thanks for joining me and doing this with me. You're welcome. Uh, Jonathan really is an invaluable resource when it comes to bigger cultural trends like this. And so I would encourage you to talk with him. We're of course, we're both here to talk about any of these things as well as the rest of our pastoral team or our elders. Um, But man, Our hope is that we just really uh, continue to stretch ourselves towards a greater faithfulness uh, to the gospel in light of some of these cultural things so that we would be a people that would really be leading the culture uh, in the way that we learn how to disagree well uh, and how we really shape the habits of our lives towards love of God and love of neighbor. So I hope these things, hope these conversations have been an encouragement to you. It's been fun for us. Uh, God bless you. Uh, We love you all. Um, We'll talk again soon.